the Panhandle News Network. The views and opinions on this station do not necessarily represent the Panhandle News Network, WEPM and WCST, or West Virginia Radio Corporation. Here we go! Welcome to Panhandle Live on WEPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. Panhandle Live is brought to you by Sutton and Janelle Attorneys at Law. Visit their new location at 224 West King Street, Martinsburg, and online at suttonandjanelle.com. Here are your hosts of the 2022 WVBA Talk Show of the Year, Jordan Nicewarner and Marcia Kavalik. It is Tuesday the 27th. You're tuned in to Panhandle Live, brought to you by Sutton and Janelle, full-service law firm serving West Virginia and Maryland, helping individuals, families, businesses with all of their legal needs. Family law, criminal defense, DUI, personal injury, mediation. They provide legal counsel tailored to you. You can visit their historic location in downtown Martinsburg at 224 West King Street. You can always find them online at suttonandjanelle.com. I'm Jordan Warner. Alongside me is Marsha Cavalli. Good morning, Marsha. Hey, the gang's back together. I know. How was your, uh, well, you definitely had an interesting uh, Christmas weekend. Quite a, you know, the the backstory is whenever we don't see each other for a while, like the first 10 minutes is us going through our phones or whatever. <laughs> Just showing so pictures. Like, here's what, here's what happened. Here's the update. Yeah. So on Friday, we got, I got a, a text from my daughter. Hey, the power's out at the house, right? And you were not alone in that problem. Right. Um, so... Two trees went down. It was it was it was a thing. They had to replace some equipment. So, uh, Potomac Edison said it's not going to be back on until Tuesday, mm. which is an issue for our house. Not that we don't have heat because we have a, a wood stove that we can use, but we're on a well, so you can't run water. So that became an issue. Um, so it's right before Christmas. We had there were six of us in the house. We have visitors, and it's Christmas time. So we did the tour of West Virginia State Parks. There you go. Not a bad th- way to spend Christmas. Right. It, you know, thanks to my husband for keeping things warm in the house and all that with the wood stove. And I have this this video of him at like four in the morning, two degrees out, sixteen minus sixteen wind chill, getting water out of one of the creeks in our neighborhood so we could flush the toilets. So it was great nope. that we were able to get out of Dodge. I'm not doing that. Right? So anyway, he kept things going. So six of us and the gecko. <laughs> that gecko ended up being the biggest pain for you, it seemed. The gecko was living its best life. Let me just put put it that way. <laughs> so anyway, first uh, Christmas Eve, we, we were at Capen State Park. We got a lovely large cabin there. And we, we had Christmas. I made food because it had a full kitchen. My my uh, daughter helped me. Uh, my oldest helped with uh, this. Uh, you know the the yam casserole, the sweet potato casserole. Okay, that's her thing. Mm-hmm. She does that. Um, we opened presents, and then we had to we had to vacate because the cabin was going to be uh, occupied by someone else. But it was great because they gave us a discount because we'd lost our power. Oh, nice! We got a discount at the gift shop, and and the kids got to play in the pool. Which was was there many people no, out and about? Not, I mean, I think their cabins may have been full, yeah. but like I didn't see a ton of people around the the property. Um, people walking their dogs mm-hmm. and stuff, yeah, but yeah, like yeah. yeah, so people were. It using, wasn't like a crowded ski lodge, right? So anyway, so second, so that was that was Christmas Eve, Christmas Day. Remember, we're doing this because we couldn't be at home because it was just too cold. And was any of the, none of this was pre-planned? So no, you're just kind of no. going with the day. So uh, we realized we couldn't stay a second night at Cacapin. So we ended up at Blackwater Falls. And we couldn't get a cabin there. So we get we got two rooms in the lodge. And it was lovely. But they had their own issue. Almost everyone who's, who worked at the state parks 
were coming from homes where they had lost their power mm-hmm. or they'd had a water main break in that. So they actually, the, the day after we stayed at Blackwater Falls, they closed things down at 11 o'clock because they were having, you know, extreme issues with power and water main issues and all of that. So God bless those folks over there. But we had a lovely stay that night um, at Blackwater Falls because we got a, a room that had a kitchenette. So we basically, we I put our entire kitchen in a rolling tote, <laughs> ham, everything, rolled it to this cabin, made dinner, rolled it out of the cabin, took it to Blackwater Falls. We ate food from our home fridge there in the in the lodge. And then the following day, we already did kind of have plans to go skiing. We ended up at a third state park, Canaan Valley Resort, and went skiing. Wow. So Man, talk about the <laughs> Christmas memories made by the Kavalics. It was year. awesome. And and we got to like do hikes. We went over and saw the frozen Blackwater Falls. That was cool. Misnamed, by the way, because it's yellow. What is up with that? Why are you know I'm gonna look that up while okay. we're talking about it. So, I've, yeah. I've wondered because I've been there a couple times and uh, I've been there been there every season except for winter because as you know marsha i don't do a whole lot uh, outside <laughs> in the winter time but uh it that is gorgeous down there black. i can only imagine yellow. seeing it well how pretty was it up there because you had gorgeous. to drive through the highest elevation in the state it was gorgeous there's oh snow gosh. everywhere yeah and snow-capped mountains snow-capped trees it, it was just it was it was like driving through a snow globe that's and pretty cool. It was, it was beautiful. And and shout out to my husband for Christmas. He usually gets really nervous about getting everyone presents. He oh, just, yeah. Who doesn't? Christmas is a test that he feels like he's going to fail <laughs> all the time. <laughs> he's sitting there, what has everybody told me about throughout the years right. that I've forgotten? He, he just can't. <laughs> so anyway, he, he basically got everyone ski stuff. That's cool. Like eBay. And so he doesn't buy brand new stuff, but like skis, boots, mm-hmm. bindings, all that stuff. Everyone, everyone was set. And we had... One of the boyfriends, we had all of our girls, and everyone got to ski. That's and it was cool. wonderful. That is a pretty All neat. right, what's the story? Um, yeah, I don't know. know. I haven't really seen much yet. It's uh, Blackwater Falls are on the Blackwater River. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. Didn't know that that was a thing. See, I would think it was related to coal, but there must be some minerals that make it yellow. Yeah, and there's a bunch of uh, caves. Tons oh, of yeah. caves. Yeah, so we had this fellow hiker that came by. He says, oh, did you see the Coover tracks? We're like, Oof. nope. <laughs> and I saw a video, not to, to go completely off script here for a second, I saw a video the other day of, um, <laughs> of a mountain lion attack. Oh, I, don't, I did not want to see that. Awful. It looks, oh, I didn't see, I mean, the attack itself doing. didn't happen. Like, oh. I didn't see that, but I saw, like, you see the cat running down. I'm already a little afraid like of cats as it is. And it's just huge. They're massive. They're massive. But what an interesting... <laughs> What an interesting Christmas vacation y'all had. I just kept having this thought, and you know, I'm a person of faith, but I kept, you've got exact, you've got everything you need. You have everything you need. And, and we did. Yeah. It was wonderful. And here to answer the question, the river is named uh, for its tannin darkened water. So there you go. It is mineral. mineral Oh, tannin. Tannin, yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So tannin, tannin's kind of unhealthy. That's what. (laughs) Is it? I don't know. Yeah. That's what, yeah, they. They used to, um, oh, I remember when I was in England, we did a tour and they were talking about the tannin mines and the people who worked processing them and coloring things using tannin got sick. Hmm. So I don't know. I'm, maybe I'm misremembering that. Interesting. Interesting. But yeah, no, my uh, Christmas was not nearly as um, travel eventful <laughs> as your but was. But eventful nonetheless. Yes. And, and it's getting, it's it's kind of funny and 
right now because my oldest nephew is getting to that age where he still believes in Santa, mm-hmm. which for those kids listening out there, you should still be totally. believing in Santa. Um, but he's also to the age too where he's you know in school and other kids are talking and talking about different things, non-believers and whatnot. So trying to try dull his shine, right? So uh, he's kind of I wouldn't say skeptical of Christmas, but he's starting to you know. He's starting to grow up, I guess you can say, which is uh, always tough to watch. But that being said, my sister and uh, brother-in-law do a great job of uh, keeping the magic of Christmas alive. And they were mm-hmm. putting out reindeer food and stuff in the mor- or, uh, Christmas Eve um, and things like that. And shout out to uh, my mom because, of course, as everyone knows, I didn't do my Christmas shopping until literally Saturday. Um, shout out to the stores being open. And, by the way, shout out to it not being crazy at all. I pretty much did everything over at... Um, the comments? Yeah. There was like hardly anybody. I nice. got stuck at the commons one year. I almost missed Christmas, like um, <laughs> the Christmas service at church because it was the first <laughs> the year traffic. it was open yeah. and they didn't have egress out of there. So they, <sighs> it was an hour wait to get out of there. But uh, things have improved. Yeah, it was and nice. And it was a great place to go shopping on New Year on Christmas Eve. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. Uh, Books a Million. I should have just gone there. I could have done everything mm-hmm. at Books a Million, especially for my sister who's a big Harry Potter fanatic, always has been. So I, Hooked her up with a ton of uh, Harry Potter stuff, but so you yeah. bought it. You bought it Christmas Eve, and mm-hmm. you went to your folks' house Christmas Eve to go uh, like hang out and. When you did know, wrapping happen? <laughs> so, uh, I left my parents' house Christmas Eve, and I was like, "All right, I'm gonna go home. I'm gonna do some Christmas wrapping." Right? Mm-hmm. Which I don't know why I thought I would have <laughs> wrapping paper or anything. At Suddenly, my, Martha at my Stewart house. lives yeah, in your closet. Like, right? like what? Like, I got to the house and I was like, "All right, I'm gonna start doing this." <laughs> And I'm looking, I was like, why did I think I would have this stuff? Of course, not that I didn't go out and get anything. So, uh, thankfully, again, shout out to mom because uh, Christmas morning, she helped me uh, do some so You just brought everything to mom's house? <laughs> yeah. Like you have been I doing got there for nice like and early. That's what nice it was. You're like, someone will, someone will hook me I up. Guess. It'll be mom. <laughs> I guess. But I remember <laughs> saying, I got back and I was like, why did I think I would have? Like, I don't even have tape. Like, I have duct tape. That's all I got. <laughs> I got duct tape. I Although, to have seen, you could have totally wrapped those well, presents. My, what was this? I can't remember how old I would have been. I think I was, I guess, in middle school uh, when my sister and now brother-in-law just started dating, right? They were just dating. I think it might have been his first, like, Christmas around the family. Oh, wow. And he comes from this huge family, a bunch of brothers and sisters and stuff. So, you know, you know those big families always do kind of weird things when it comes to gifts I'm not going to touch that one with a 10-foot Well, pole. I say, I don't say, I don't mean They're weird quirky. in like a, thank you. Say, I okay. didn't mean weird in a bad way. They just do some different things sometimes. Right. And thankfully, he hasn't done this since. But he got me a, uh, it was FIFA, goodness, I have no idea. One of the World Cups? Well, it was FIFA, I think 2008, nine, somewhere around there. And um, he got me the FIFA game, right? But oh. instead of wrapping it in gift paper and gift wrap paper and stuff, he duct taped it completely, completely duct taped. It was in like a roll and a half of duct tape. And I, he handed me this thing, and I'm like, "What is this?" It took me like it's a gift an and a hour challenge. to get this da- tape <laughs> did, off. Did anyone give you scissors? <laughs> I don't remember if anybody gave me scissors or not. That would have been the best. Like, young I remember Jordan just trying, trying to rip it. And I'm like, into is... his gift with his bare hands. I, like, I hope this is something cool. And it was something cool because I played that game like crazy. <laughs> and I was like, hey, for a game, for a video game, it was neat. I, uh, my dad got me tickets, hit me, hit him and I tickets to go see uh, the New York Knicks play the Wizards. Wait, when this weekend? Or no, two, it's in a couple weeks. Yeah, it's in a couple. Or oh. no, the the for this this so Christmas. Back to this this Christmas. Christmas. Yeah, back wow, to this Christmas. Wow, that's a that's a really nice gift. <laughs> that's super cool. Let's and hope he, the weather's better. <laughs> and he was um pretty excited to like give me the gift or show me that he had the tickets. And uh Christmas Eve, I'm getting ready to leave. Like all the 
the Myers craziness left with the kids and everything, and they were ready to go do their Christmas Eve stuff. And um, he looks at my mom as I'm leaving. He goes, can I just give him his present now? Oh, like he needed permission. That's so, <laughs> yeah. that's so cute. But I'm glad that he did that. He because, didn't want to break Christmas protocol. Right. And I'm glad he did that because I had gotten him and I tickets to go see uh, the Terrapins play Ohio State basketball on the 8th. And I was excited to give him to it too. And I was here. Um, I stopped in on Saturday to do some stuff on Christmas Eve uh, when I was going out to do the shopping. And uh, I meant to print the tickets out, but I didn't. I had them on my phone. Um, so he showed me his phone. And I was like, well, I'm glad you did that because I showed him those tickets too. That's great. Yeah, it'll be uh, a pretty, well, it's an, it'll be an old school uh, type of couple of weeks for uh, me and dad going to all these games. We used to do that all the time. Event presents. Are, so are the best. Yeah. They're the best. They're, in my opinion, they're the easiest to do because you're not going to not be excited about, you know, get tickets to go somewhere, especially if it's a sporting yeah. event that are fun, that are fun to go to. Plus, so you see. didn't make the promise. You had actual tickets. You weren't right. like, hey, by the way, I have this thought. Right. Maybe someday next month, maybe we'll go. But you had tickets. Yeah. And I've done that a couple of times. Uh, got my mom tickets uh, to her first, I think, hockey game. I think it was her first hockey game. Went saw the Caps. Cool. Yeah. Pretty nice. Did you get any uh, any memorable gifts? You know what? The, or was the, 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 the family all being together your most memorable gift? Totally. It was great because we don't get to see my oldest child much anymore because where she's going to school. But uh, that well, was good thing the, she wasn't out there this weekend. It was the best having her home and and all of the girls and they all they all have so much fun together. And it was fun watching them give each other mm-hmm. gifts because they're so. They're, they were very thoughtful gifts, and they obviously know each other very well. But um, one of the great th- the g- great gifts that comes to mind is my youngest made me uh, crocheted flowers, oh, yeah. which is very cool. That is a neat, neat gift. <laughs> Those are always the cool gifts, you I know. Love and uh, yeah, it was a, it was great. I love being around the family, especially on Christmas because everybody's going nuts the whole time. So what you eat? What was the what was the good food? Seafood. What? Mm-hmm. Yeah, is that uh, a thing you guys do? Yeah, we do seafood a lot for like the winter holidays. Um, yeah, we had like crab cakes. I don't know. That must be Maryland. Well, Chick Seafoods in, uh, in Hagerstown, it's like right at the end of my parents' street uh, there at City Park. Um, so forever we've always just gotten our seafood there because it's good seafood. It's, Mm -hmm. you know, right down the street. So let's go down there and get that. It was like crab cake, shrimp. There's all kinds of stuff. Wow. Ham. Did Dada have any? Dada did have some and I'm paying the consequences for that (sighs) these last uh, couple hours. Sorry. Yeah, those have been uh, a lot of walks, a lot of walks, <laughs> a lot of walks that thankfully don't last very long. But um, yeah, a lot of walks. But it was great. It was a great, a great Christmas. That is for sure. And then we had Christmas music wall to wall all weekend here on WPM, except for Saturday for um, our uh, church programming, of mm-hmm. course. Sunday yeah. right. or Sunday, yes. But uh, it was Christmas music the whole time. It was cool. I was tuning in. I could, I could. Because I checked to see what was going on on mm-hmm. each of the stations, and it was really neat to hear that. It's nice. It was nice. So all in all, I think it was a successful uh, Christmas season for the Panhandle Live crew. Well, here's hoping that our listeners uh, had a great Christmas season or uh, whatever holiday they are celebrating. And um, as we're looking to the new year, which is the next big uh, event, mm-hmm. um, some changes in the House of Delegates uh, have been rumored, and we're going to talk about that after this quick break. Absolutely. Oh, and one... Uh final christmas story here so uh as i was out doing the christmas shopping uh, i was up at the counter i think i was at like five below or something and that's when you all that's when i always end up just getting like knee-jerk gifts all the impulse gifts that always end up being like the fun ones and i saw this uh wireless microphone 
plastic microphone that's like a karaoke mic that's mm -hmm. got a speaker on it. And you can mess with the voice. And I'll show you the videos during the breaks. They're hilarious. But I just gave that to the whole Myers family, right? Uh -huh. To everybody. Because they're always singing and yelling and screaming around and whatever. And this microphone's pretty loud. And if you talk to it, you can do echoes and things. Um, and of course, my oldest nephew, Noah, just took over with that. And he was screaming, yelling, doing all this stuff. And then uh, later that night, my sister sends me and my mom a video. She was like, I love... Uh, um, She's like, I'm so glad Uncle Doe got uh, this microphone for the kids for Christmas. And, and my brother-in-law sitting at the table just reading like a Christmas story to the kids or whatever, having uh -huh. them read it over his shoulder. And uh, Caden, the youngest, my youngest nephew's on his left shoulder, just kind of quietly sitting there reading. And then Noah's on his right shoulder with the microphone with the speaker right in his dad's <laughs> ear, like an inch away, just screaming the <laughs> And then I got a video the following day. Uh, yesterday of uh, him sitting there playing a video game and his mic, he had it stood up next to him. Mm -hmm. He was playing a football video game and every time something would happen, he'd lean over and yell into the mic like he was a... Uh... Future broadcaster. <laughs> what have you done? What uh, have you done, Uncle Doe? Who knows? Who knows? But yes, it was a great Christmas. And uh, when we come back after the break, we'll start talking politics because what's the greatest Christmas present of all, Marsha? Politics. <laughs> we'll be back with more Panhandle Live on WPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. From Pawpaw to Harper's Ferry, from Martinsburg to Winchester, it's Panhandle Live with hosts Jordan Nice Warner and Marsha Kavalik. Welcome back to Panhandle Live, brought to you by Sutton and Janelle, full-service law firm, suing us Virginia and Maryland. You can visit their historic location in downtown Martinsburg at 224 West King Street. You can always find them online at suttonandjanelle.com. Jordan Ice Warner, alongside me is Marsha Kavalik. And don't forget, you can always get in touch with us on our text line, 304-263-4321. 304-263-4321. And we were talking, of course, uh, about Christmas and uh, Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, all the things we got into. And I was talking about how uh, my family always does seafood for Christmas. And um, we got a text here on the text line, again, 304-263-4321, uh, saying that that's the Feast of the Seven Fishes holiday tradition, which I believe that's a like a Catholic kind of thing, which uh, my family's not Catholic, but Lutheran, which I guess is kind of close. Maybe it's Lutheran. Yeah, I don't know. Now but, we um, have more questions. Yeah. So let's see. There's That's seven very cool, sacraments. Though. Yeah, that is cool. But I think uh, I mean I, I'll I'll just say since it's there that yeah I guess we might be doing it because of that. But I think it's also just because we got a seafood joint down the street and we like seafood. But well, that's also that. a good uh, also a good reason to do seafood over the holidays. Yeah, you could get a credit for for doing a religious <laughs> observance when you're eating your fish. No, we didn't eat any fish. It was all seafood. It's all shellfish for the most part. Okay. Does that still count? How's that feel? Eat all that shellfish. <laughs> Great. And enjoy Great. it. Great. The crab cakes were unbelievable this year. Great. I'll grab my EpiPen and join you next year. Unbelievable. <laughs> and the best family. part about it, because, uh, I mean, my family didn't, like, make all the, the seafood, of course, mm -hmm. like, bought it, brought it back. Um, but the crab cakes, you got to cook up a little bit and just put them in the air fryer. There you go. Wow. Keep it moving. So there's your uh, there's your seafood hack Modern for the take, day. Modern take, right? Seafood hack. If you get some uh, ready-made crab cakes, cook those things in the air fryer and you're good to go. So before we know it, it's going to be 2023 Oof. and January. And uh, in West Virginia, that means the start of the general session. And um, there's been some talk about changing up some of the leadership roles in the Senate and the House. And the House of Delegates, some of that has become a little more firm. We don't have 
in independent confirmation. I reached out to a couple of the folks who are mentioned in, in this next segment, um, and they haven't gotten their, uh, apparently they've not gotten their appointment letters yet, but it seems like it is a done deal. Well, yesterday on Talkline with Hoppy Kerchival, um, Hoppy kind of broke the news with an Ogden newspaper reporter, and they talked about how a couple of Eastern Panhandle delegates uh, will be uh, pushed into higher echelon uh, layers of, of leadership. Again, not confirmed by them. They don't have their appointment letters yet, but this is what Hoppy was talking about yesterday. Speaker Roger Hanshaw, House Speaker Roger Hanshaw, making some changes in leadership positions in the House of Delegates. He's not formally announced anything, but he has notified the members, and so word is starting to filter out. Let me bring in Stephen Allen Adams, who covers state government, politics, and elections for the Ogden Newspapers Network in West Virginia. Stephen, good morning. Merry Christmas belatedly to you. How are you? Great, Hoppy. Merry Christmas to you. Thanks for having me on. Thanks for coming on. So let's talk about uh, some of these changes that we know about. Uh, one is the Finance Committee, which is uh, in many ways the, if not the most powerful committee uh, in either the House or the Senate. And uh, Eric Householder, Republican from Berkeley County, has been the chairman there, but uh, he is moving to a different position. And Vernon Chris, Republican from Wood County, is moving up from vice chair to chair of finance. What do you make of that move? Yeah, uh, well, I mean, I've heard for, for, for some time that there's been some internal complaints within the Republican caucus with uh, the leadership, not specifically Roger Hanshaw. As we know, he uh, won his uh, leadership position for uh, House Speaker pretty pretty easily here a few weeks ago. But I have heard some complaints uh, here and there in regards to the current majority leader, Amy Summers, uh, majority whip, Paul Espinoza. Uh, and, of course, you know, yes, Henshaw won, but he won with uh, a number of people going against him. So that was a sign, I think, to leadership to make some of these changes. And I think the changes make some sense. It makes sense to move Vernon Chris up, who already has experience being the right-hand man, to Eric Householder, the current House Finance Committee chairman. Uh, so that keeps a steady hand uh, there at finance, especially since we may see some uh, tax uh, legislation come about either from the governor or even from the legislature itself. And then it makes sense with Householder having served as the finance chair and, again, really one of the two top committee chairmen uh, on either side, it makes sense to move him into a leadership uh, position. I, uh, some would say he's probably earned that spot. Mm -hmm. It will be interesting to see what happens with Amy Summers and what they move her into. Yeah, so that that's the question. So if Householder, not if, he's going to be the majority leader, that position currently held by Amy Summers, and there had been some grumbling among some, as you said, some Republican uh, members of the House about Summers. They felt that she was too, um, perhaps too uh, motivated for individual things that she wanted to do rather than what the caucus wanted to do. So Summer's out as majority leader, but where does she land then? Well, I think that this is a very interesting question. As you talked about uh, in your tweet thread, you had mentioned that there were still some issues about uh, who might become the chairman of the House Health Committee. Now, that's done, uh, chaired by Matthew Rohrbach uh, out of Cabell County. Uh, but that is a possible landing spot for, for Amy Summers because I think you're going to see Summers take a real leading role in whatever the legislature decides to do in regards to the Department of Health and Human Resources, DHHR. That's going to be a huge issue this session, either trying to reform it, trying to break it up, 
whatever they decide to do, and of course they're going to probably butt heads with the governor when they do that, who's trying to institute his own changes based on the McChrystal report. But she could end up there. She could end up in House.org, which also might take a crack at some of those changes to DHHR, being that their title is government organization. Mm-hmm. And it's very likely that their chairman is uh, their chairman seat's going to be empty as well because Brandon Steele, the current chairman of that committee, challenged Hanshaw for the House Speaker's gavel. I suspect that they will be a different committee chairman there. We just don't know who yet. Yeah, you would you would certainly think. Stephen Allen Adams is with his cover state government politics and elections for the Ogden Newspapers. Network in West Virginia. Okay, uh, also uh, with, and again, these are like dominoes. So uh, the majority whip position currently held by Paul Espinoza, Republican from Jefferson County, it looks like he moves out that position to Speaker Pro Tem, and Marty Gearhart moves into the majority whip position. That's the person who's supposed to whip votes. What do you have on that? What are your insights on that? I find that one particularly interesting because Marty Gearhart is known to be uh, and I don't mean this pejoratively, but he could be a thorn in the side, uh, particularly in the House Finance Committee stuff. He has very uh, pointed and in-depth questions to state revenue officials about you know, what we're spending tax money for and what we're using some of these excess tax surplus monies for. So that's an interesting choice. Uh, they're put in that position, and so we'll see how that works out. But I think moving Paul Espinosa into Speaker Pro Tem is – uh, a good move. I think it keeps him in the leadership. It recognizes uh, uh, his seniority and the work that he's put in, uh, being an important member of that Republican caucus. Uh, so it, it's almost like a lateral move in a way. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we'll see what happens with that. And again, that was uh, Hobby Kirchville on the uh, on Talk Line with Hobby Kirchville, which of course you can hear uh, after us here on WPM and WCSD, the Panhandle News Network. But very interesting mm-hmm. point of view there, Marcia, how I'm- the uh, landscape could could. Right. be changing politically here in the state unconfirmed <clears throat> but the the rumors are there and and these are i guess people who who feel as though they can speak with some authority yeah. on it um i have reached out to uh some of the delegation in question and and uh they're they they want to come on once they they are confirmed that they that this is a move that they are making well so. we well and I'm, I'm sure hoppy will be talking about that too uh you know intermittently on talk live mm-hmm. but of course we'll have that covered here and over on panhandlenewsnetwork.com as well but we'll step aside when we come back we'll be speaking with jefferson county prosecutor matt harvey here on panhandle live on wpm and wcst the panhandle news network live and local it's panhandle live with hosts jordan nice warner and marcia kavalik Welcome back to Panhandle Live, brought to you by Sutton & Janelle, full-service law firm, so in West Virginia and Maryland. You can visit their historic location in downtown Martinsburg at 224 West King Street. You can always find them online at suttonandjanelle.com. I'm Jordan Ice Warner. Alongside me is Marsha Kavalik. And Marsha, we got our next guest on the line. We sure do. Jefferson County Prosecutor Matt Harvey joins us uh, from vacation, I guess, right? Welcome in. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm at the office. Oh, you're working. <laughs> He's always working. Yeah, I already I mean, asked him missed, that, too. You, yeah, you missed our – did you miss Jordan I off-air conversation he he assumed the same thing but no, okay no, we're, we're working this is a this is a really good time to get work done at the office uh not not as much court well did you get any time off for the holidays i did yes i i took a little more time off closer to thanksgiving it just worked out better with mm-hmm. my wife's work schedule well good well i hope you and the family had a great holiday uh well great holiday great christmas 
We, we very much did. We very much did. Thank you. Well, we appreciate you answering the call because this is a hard time to get guests because people are on, you know, week-long vacations or they just don't want to deal with their, their work-a-day world. <laughs> but um, some news broke. Uh, Tony Milburn over at the Journal broke this story that uh, your office had charged, officially charged, uh, levied charges, excuse me, or a charge in the death of a local teen from a traffic incident back in April. So I'll let you take that story on. Well, yes, and, and of course, I must say, you know, like much like with indictments, that every defendant is presumed innocent. Uh, this is a charging document. It was an information. Um, and the difference between an indictment and an information is an information filed in circuit court um, is a misdemeanor. The grand jury is used to that felony cases prior to going to uh, you know, originating in circuit court. So an information was filed charging one count of negligent homicide against uh, Mr. Weatherholt, Eugene Weatherholt. And this is in regard to the uh, April 10th death of Washington High School senior Elena Williams, that incident happening on Route 9 and Oakley Drive in Ranson. Now, this investigation took months, and I know that the uh, we talked to law enforcement at the time. They were going over some of the traffic uh, cameras and the information from the uh, the traffic lights and looking at the timing and all of that. So what led to these charges or to this information? Well, I, if, if you look at the actual document, it, I, I filed it. So it, it was when I was satisfied that, that all the evidence and every angle was looked at. And that's just an issue of fairness to to the accused and as well to the victim's family in this case, uh, Alana's, that that due diligence be given to undertake anything, you know, examine every angle to make sure that we have the complete picture, um, and before we charge such a terrible, tragic case. So what are some of the processes like, and I know you probably can't talk about a lot of this, but when it comes to a case, you know, like this, where it's a traffic accident or a traffic incident, I guess, and you have, you know, a couple of different, I guess, um, I don't know, I can't think of the word. The points of view. Right, right? coming from that uh, scenario. So what are some of the steps to try and get to, I guess, the outcome that you're either gotten to or trying to get to? Well, generally, the most critical piece of evidence that that, that you can have in, in these types of incidents, not this one specifically, but I'm just talking in general, um, is is witness accounts. I, any witness that was there that has any sort of information or vantage point that can provide information needs to be spoken to, a witness taken from them. Um, you need to preserve the scene for forensic analysis. If you bring in your crap, we have crash experts that work both for uh, Ransom and we have one of the, the sheriff's department that and so you need to collect as much evidence like that as possible. And, um, and you, you, you really, that, in, in a traffic, a crime involving traffic of vehicles, those are the two keys. And then there's, it could go off in many different directions of what else could be relevant that you need to get. Well, it's got to be tough, you know, to try and get those eyewitness perspectives, especially in an area like this and in an area where that traffic incident happened. I mean, there's so many people flying through there. I used to flying not on purpose but going through there uh each day each hour so it's got to be hard to try and you know corral those uh, eyewitness accounts it is it, you know some people do not hang around some people do hang around uh, there's 
Um, you know, it's best if you can hang around, if you witness something, to provide information to uh, the proper authorities. Um, however, it's not always possible. Um, so if anybody's out there listening and they witness something, you know, call in to 911 and, or, or call the non-emergency line of the local uh, agency, or at least an agency in the county, and, you know, give them your name and your telephone number and a way to reach back out to you. Jefferson County Prosecutor Matt Harvey is in with us. We're talking about an April 10th uh, incident uh, over in Jefferson County in Ranson. Incident happened uh, Route 9 and Oakley Drive in Ranson. And uh, I I don't expect you to prosecute this here on the radio uh, this morning on Panhandle Live. But I I remember during the time, of course, it's a tragedy. It's a Mm -hmm. senior at Washington High School who lost her life. Uh, Lots of accusations flying back and forth. But one of the things that I heard people talking about was the timing of the traffic lights uh, that maybe that could have uh, been a way of exonerating or or uh, impugning the the driver at fault? So uh, is that something that your office and the investigators looked at pretty carefully? Uh, we we do have the sequence, the traffic sequence. That that information is available. Yes. And as you, I'm sorry. I, and I'm not exactly sure what you mean, like the context, how it could, it, um, like it was it was malfunctioning or something like that, or that that the 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 other driver uh, was seeing a, a a green light and and thought that it was okay to go through the intersection. Yeah, that, those are facts that that need to be presented in in, in the courtroom. Absolutely. So, uh, as you mentioned, Eugene Wesley Weatherholt. Um, Innocent until proven guilty, but uh, this information has been filed. So um, he has not been arraigned on this charge, correct? That's correct. He has a court date set for all. Uh, excuse me, January the fifth. And at that point, is that in magistrate court or circuit court? No, it's in circuit court because it's a criminal information. It, it's in circuit court. And I know your office, um, you know, as a prosecutor, you uh, you work a lot with um, with the folks who have been impacted by an incident or a crime uh, that has happened. So have you been in contact with, uh, is it Alana's family? I have. I've been in contact with her mother um, th- throughout the, since the accident has happened. We've, we've stayed in contact um, which is, you know, normal that, that you reach out to the family and you, you know, speak with them and keep them updated on the case. And how are, how are they doing? It has to, that's just an unthinkable tragedy to lose uh, a child. Yeah, it's, they're really remarkable. Um, I, I don't know how they have the strength to even, even talk to me on the phone, but they do. And they've been, They've been very kind and understanding of the process. And, you know, they're frustrated with how long it took, but, um, you know, I am too. However, it's necessary in cases like this that things are done correctly and, and things are done thoroughly. You, we shouldn't rely on knee-jerk reactions to because we're mad at someone. We, we need to examine the evidence. And, and so when we go into court, you know, we're doing the right thing. Jefferson County Prosecutor Matt Harvey is in with us. And, uh, you know, of course, we, we had you uh, in to talk to us about this uh, this information that has been filed in that April 10th death of a Washington High School senior. But uh, your prosecuting, prosecuting attorney's office uh, probably looking ahead into the new year. Anything, any improvements, new hires and that kind of thing that you're looking forward to uh, to utilizing in 2023? Well, we... we um 
we were uh, very fortunate that we lost an attorney, and we, we lost an attorney for a very good reason. Lindsay Matchett was appointed family court judge uh, in November, and she's, she's left our office, so we're you know, actively looking for, for her replacement. And uh, we, we have added an investigator recently. Um, we're very excited about that. He's fluent in four languages, and he's a former U.S. Capitol Police officer. So we're very excited the, the, the experience and the, the professionalism that he's going to be able to add to this office so we can um, ensure that we serve our citizens Jefferson County. Um, I'd also note that we have a uh, part-time victim, victim's advocate who is also fluent in Spanish. So those are, those are two um, positions that um, allow us to reach out to these communities that maybe have been underserved uh, and, and communicate and help us do our job better. Well, if you need anybody to uh, step in, me and Marsha can ask some tough, good questions from time to time so you can give us a call. Well, I, I'm very, very familiar with how tough your questions are. So, <laughs> if, if you can, if you can figure out a way to get around a law degree, um, <laughs> we're glad to have you. Well, Jefferson County Prosecutor Matt Harvey, thank you for joining us on Paid Hate Live today. Can, can, can I add one more thing? Sure, sure. I would be upset with myself if I didn't. So, in West Virginia, the the charge of negligent homicide refers to when a vehicle, um, when there's an incident involving a vehicle. And it, causes the death of someone else in the grossly negligent manner. It is only a misdemeanor in West Virginia, and I've been working furiously to try to get that elevated to a felony. Um, and a lot of other people agree with me, and um, it's just – you, you can go, you can drag race up and down the streets and kill someone, and the most you could possibly have to be sentenced to is – it's a year in jail, but it, it works out to six months of actual incarceration on a misdemeanor. So what and, you're what you're saying here is Eugene Wesley Weatherholt, if he is convicted in this negligent homicide charge, uh, if it goes through the courts, uh, faces a year or six months in in reality in prison. Correct, because autom- you know good time is automatic and it kicks in. Not prison in jail, and there's a, there's a difference because it's a he would be a sentence misdemeanor at, at that point. Um, and, and this is just for anybody. So the most you can do after this of jail of punishment inc- that involves jail time is six months, and it's it's led to the revictimization of these families that have lost a loved one, and then they're so let down that the, that that our legislature has said that this is the appropriate punishment for this type of crime, and. And, you know, I, I think a lot of them are, are shocked. A lot of the legislatures that I've spoken to are appalled and shocked at how l- low the, the possible punishment is. Now, we're not talking about a simple accident where, um, you know, you're going 56 in a 55-mile-an-hour zone and you, ha- you cause an accident and someone dies. That, that wouldn't be charged. Our standard is gross negligence. And in, in 48 other states, that's a felony standard, and you can – Result in uh, a lot of time. In Virginia, you're looking at 20 years. Um, Pennsylvania, seven years. Maryland, all these different jurisdictions. California, you're looking at six years in prison. In West Virginia, six months. Well, again, we're speaking with Jefferson County Prosecutor Matt Harvey. Thank you for joining us on Panhandle Live today, and hopefully you get a little bit of time to take a break during this week. Absolutely. Thank you. Happy New Year to everyone. Happy New Year. Thank you. Again, that's Jefferson County Prosecutor Matt Harvey joining us on Panhandle Live today. And uh, I think we could we could 
I think stumble our way through a uh, court how, case. How good's your printer? Because he says we need a law degree. Mm, maybe mm. we'll have to talk to our friends at Sutton and Janelle. Maybe they can give us like an honorary, <laughs> like a, a weekend, a weekend bar degree or whatever. I don't think it works that no, way. I don't think it does either. And I don't think you want me being your attorney or anything anyway. I don't know if I'd do a very good job at that. But we do have to get to our last break. We'll be back to wrap things up here on Panhandle Live on WPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. Welcome back to Panhandle Live. Here are your hosts, Jordan Warner and Marsha Kavalik. Welcome back to Panhandle Live, brought to you by Sutton and Janelle, full-service law firm serving West Virginia and Maryland. You can visit their historic location in downtown Martinsburg, 224 West King Street. You can always find them online at suttonandjanelle.com. I'm Jordan Icewinner. Alongside me is Marsha Kavalik. And you were chatting, Marsha, with Clint Hogman not too long ago, talking about, of course, recycling and things of the such around uh, Berkeley County and the surrounding area. And, well, it's a big time to be recycling this time of year because of all the Christmas gifts and things. And maybe you got some new electronics uh, that, you know, have taken place with the old ones. And then, you know, what do you do? Well, here are some of the things you can do with those leftover electronics. Actually, Berkeley County has one of the most comprehensive electronics recycling programs in the, in the state of West Virginia. Uh, just about any electronic item can be recycled. Uh, we commonly see televisions and, there, and uh, computer monitors and things like that. Just a reminder for those two items, TVs and monitors, there is a charge. There's a $15 fee. But for all other kinds of electronics, uh, you know, they're accepted for free. You can bring them to either the Grapevine Road or the South Berkeley Recycling Center. And then what do you do with that big old tree that's still in your house? Both the Grapevine Road and the South Berkeley Centers will accept trees for free, as we typically done. We've done this maybe for 20 years. Uh, please remember to remove ornaments, remove the decoration, remove the lights, return that tree back to its natural state. And I would be remiss if I didn't say that uh, if you did get a big old TV or big expensive electronics, uh, maybe don't put the box out in front of your house. Oh, and why is that? Because that's just a big old billboard to people saying, hey, I just got this brand new 120-inch TV. Come take it. Wow. So hide your boxes. Because people can be garbage Yeah, sometimes. I've even seen people uh, buy their stuff at like Walmart or whatever and then take it out of the box at Walmart. Oh, and so leave, you don't got to wow. leave the box there. You don't got to worry about it. I mean, of course. I don't think you're supposed to do that, so don't say that. Uh, don't do that, and then say, that, "Well, I heard on the radio that you're allowed to do that." Because I don't think you are. Uh, but if you are worried about, you know, maybe the, I don't know, your gifts maybe getting stolen or something mm-hmm. along those lines, that's uh, one way to go about it. This is good advice. Yeah, thanks. For I got that. all kinds of stuff like that. If you're afraid your car's gonna get stolen, just unplug the battery. <laughs> there you go. Just unplug the battery, and then if somebody gets in, they can't do it. Another one too. Uh, I don't remember where I saw this, but it was recent. Um, if you're going to leave things in your car, don't necessarily leave them in the trunk because a lot of uh, like thieves, robbers and things, you know, the little window in the back, back part of your like passenger, like back passenger door. There's okay. like uh, the little window that's uh, separated from like the door uh-huh. in the back. Well, uh, thieves are breaking that little window and then immediately reaching, pulling the seat down in the back <gasps> to get into the trunk. Yeah, so there you go. There's your uh, street smart. How do you know this stuff? You got to know these things. You got to know these things. Don't ask me anything after, uh, you know, a class or anything, like schoolwork stuff. But, hey, if you don't want to get your car stolen, I got you covered. Got you covered. Good advice. There you go. It's all good advice. There you go. Um, 
I can give you some more. If you uh, if your power goes out, don't uh, run any <laughs> of your stuff in. Don't run your generator or anything inside. Right. Especially um, if it's kerosene or propane or whatever. <laughs> yeah, you don't want that. I saw things, too, down south because, of course, they got all that uh, cold weather that they're not used to. And um, people were trying to make food. They were taking their charcoal grills inside. And they were cooking with their charcoal grills. Don't do that. Right. Don't do that. Um, yeah, all kinds of stuff. All kinds of stuff. But definitely with the boxes and things for Christmas, because uh, maybe you bought a PlayStation for somebody or, you know, TV, computer. Don't leave a... Try and figure out a way to dispose of those boxes where people won't see them. Don't just leave the big, big old box on the curb. Leave them on the curb of your enemy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Do that. Do that. Well, maybe not do that. Maybe not do that. Bad advice. Yeah. Forget I said that. <laughs> uh, well, that does it for us for today on Panhandle Live. Any uh, quick final thoughts here, Marsha? No, just stay tuned to talk line because I'm sure they'll be talking about um, what to expect with the uh, new legislative session in January. That's right. If you missed any show, you can listen back to it a little bit later on over on our Panhandle News Network Facebook and Spotify page. For Marsha, I am Jordan. Uh, Hoppy's next. Have a good one. A WVRC media station. We're proud to live here, too.